to the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast, coming to you from the Playdraft Studios with your hosts, Mike Wright, Ben Cummins, and Chris Meany. Week one is over. It's done. We have left it behind, but it was a pretty good week. I hope it was a good week for you. It was a good week for us. Welcome to the Fantasy Footballers DFS podcast. DFS for the rest of us. That's what we are bringing you on this here show. Bringing all that DFS insight from my man. My man, Ben Cummins. You find him on Twitter at Ben Cummins FF. How are you doing, Ben? What's up, Mike? I just love <laughs> I just love being a part of this podcast, man. I mean, I just freaking love DFS. And obviously, like you touched on, I think we had a pretty solid week one, even though week one is always really weird. And then I think this week one just kind of came in and said, hold my beer. But uh, we weathered <laughs> the did. storm. We weathered the storm. We had a pretty good week one. And obviously, let's keep moving forward and uh, have a better week, too. The left to your right, Ben, is Chris Meany up in the Great White North. You find him on Twitter at Chris Meany. How are things going up there at the Fantasy Sports Network? Good, man. Things are going good here. And yeah, Ben, to echo what you just said, and this is the thing that I look forward to the most, the week, to, to talk to you guys and give some plays. And it was just very encouraging to see, you know, some first-timers play and, you know, be successful. So hopefully we can keep it going for the people. Yeah, I'm loving all these screenshots that we got over the weekend. People tagging us on Twitter, uh, you can find me at FF Hitman. I suppose I should introduce myself <laughs> just in case, but I'm nah, Mike, the fantasy hitman, right, from the fantasy footballers. And But people tagging us, you know, and uh, with with uh, with all the games that they've won. And I was loving, loving that. Some of these are, like, low amounts, but all that means is that people are listening to the show and they are breaking in to DFS and they're breaking in successfully – kicking down the doors and saying, well, you know what? Maybe it's not so scary if I have a, a Sherpa, if I've got a guide to take me up this FanDuel mountain, this DraftKings mountain, and I'll scale it with no problem. I will scale it with ease. If you are just joining us for the first time, how the show works, we're going to be giving you guys some some cash picks. These are cash games, of course, are, are uh, you're looking to get that strong lineup. You don't you don't necessarily want to scrape the bottom and go just super random. Then you're going the GPP picks. These are your tournaments. These are where you, you know, if you want those big money, those big lotto tickets, you're going to win those over in the GPP tournament. So you need to get that upside in there, those variance plays. We'll check in with Vegas, see if there's anything we need to pull out of, uh, of this week's lines. Uh, we'll, we're going to talk, uh, of course, the DFS Battle Royale, which uh, – who do we have an official winner? I'm pretty sure that I did not win, but uh, Chris Meany, I believe, was tracking that, so we will get to those results uh, towards the end of the show. But, fellas, without any further ado, if, if we're ready, I'm just going to jump right into these cash picks. How, is, that, is that okay? Let's go. Giddy up. Straight cash, homie. All right, like I said – Cash games, you're you know you're looking at your 50-50s where half of the people win money. So you want to put your best foot forward, Chris Meany. What is that best foot at the quarterback position this week? This week's tough, man, because there's... we don't want to hear that, no, Chris. No, we no. want to hear it's easy. Uh, no, listen, it, there's four great quarterbacks with great matchups. I mean, you will get into Vegas lines, but you look at the Patriots and the Saints, and you look at that total of 56. You look at the Packers and the Falcons, you look at that total of 54. So uh, for me, I'm saving a little bit. I think it's very important actually to spend up this week at the quarterback position, uh, whether it's cash or GPP. And I'm looking at Matt Ryan. I'm looking at a game last week where he kind of struggled on the road, but he still ended up with decent numbers. And I'm really kind of going back to just like three games ago, like three Falcons games ago against Green Bay, NFC Championship game, where Matt Ryan had five total touchdowns. He threw for four. He had almost 400 yards. He ran one in himself, and that's when you look at Ryan and you look at Rodgers, and, and certainly there's a big-time difference in price on FanDuel. And on FanDuel, $9,100 for Aaron Rodgers and $8,200 for Matt Ryan. You're saving yourself some cash there. So you look at Ryan and you just see – 
And, and when people look at Ryan and they look at Rodgers and say, well, I give that edge to Rodgers. Certainly, maybe he's going to throw a little bit more and he can move around in the pocket and make things happen. Well, Matt Ryan in that game, too, had 23 yards on the ground. He had a rushing touchdown. So I think his ceiling is is just as high as these other quarterbacks. So uh, Matt Ryan, to me, I feel safe about. I look at that game and I think that's a big telling point. And we'll get into wide receivers later, but he targeted his number one option in Julio Jones. And Julio had almost 200 yards and a couple scores in that game. So I feel comfortable with Matt Ryan, the way that game script is going to go. Uh, so he is my cash quarterback this week. How about you, Ben? Yeah, I think Chris nailed it. You know, there's there's the four quarterbacks, the stud quarterbacks going against each other with really high uh, in Vegas over unders. And, you know, we've written all of them up. They're all, you know, studs, Matt Ryan, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers. I don't think we need to go too in depth about that. And Chris just did a good job doing that. So real quick, let me just throw out two options. Derek Carr is one of them, although he is priced around these other studs. He's in a great matchup against the Jets now. They're 14-point favorites, which concerns me about his upside, and it was a similar conversation we had last week about Ben Roethlisberger. However, because this is cash and we don't really care about his upside that much, I think, again, in a matchup against the Jets, whose secondary ranked second worst in past DVOA last year, He's going to be able to really do whatever he wants to do, you know, with his stud wide receivers, Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree. But the other one I do want to touch on is Phillip Rivers. And mainly this is because of his price. You know, we're talking about all of these studs and even Carr being in that 7,000-ish range, a little bit higher. Rivers, his price doesn't really make any sense to me on DraftKings, and it's still pretty cheap on FanDuel as well. He's 5800 on DraftKings, and that's what I really wanted to highlight because, again, you're saving money in cash where you don't really care as much if you don't have that extreme, extreme upside because that money that you're saving is going to allow you to go get some studs at other players. I do think he's a potentially interesting tournament play for similar reasons. But again, he's at home. They get the Dolphins, who we have yet to see this year, but the Dolphins were not a scary matchup against quarterbacks last year. Rivers showed that rapport with Keenan Allen. He's got the couple tight ends. If he does decide to throw the ball to Hunter Henry this week, I know you know guys that owned Henry in uh, redraft weren't that happy, but he's still there. You got Tyrell Williams. You got Travis Benjamin going deep. You got Melvin Gordon and Brandon Oliver out of the backfield. So he's at home. Matchup does doesn't scare me. Good price, good weapons. Those are two that I wanted to highlight because, of course, we know the stud four guys. Matt, uh, I love that play about Phillip uh, Rivers. And you know what, Ben? In, in a tough matchup in Denver last week, this guy still had three passing touchdowns, right? I mean, he still had a pretty decent day. Uh, and this is a good matchup for him. And I like the car play, too. I'm a little scared. And I know you are, too, Ben. You're talking about just game script. I, I wonder if... We just see, what, who's the guy there? EJ Manuel? Is he going to come in, in the fourth quarter? Like, that is certainly a possibility. I like the Phillip Rivers play a lot. And the thing is, right, his price, I think, we're, it's still reflective of last year when Phillip Rivers was, was pretty mediocre. But this is, this is a completely different offense. You had no Keenan Allen last year. You had a really banged-up Travis Benjamin. And as we saw already – Travis Benjamin brings a whole new dynamic to the Los Angeles Chargers. So I think that Rivers is a fantastic pick there. And, of course, want to remind you, all these picks and more for your cash plays, for your tournament plays. You want to talk about some guys you need to fade. All of that premium content is available over at UltimateDFSPass.com. Ben, Chris, they are cranking out spectacular articles every single week. And a, a guest spot from Jake Seeley uh, up there at the Fantasy Sports Network, who is, is no, renowned for his accuracy. And if you missed out on Jake's article last week, you missed you might have missed out on Tariq Cohen, who Seeley had there in one of his sleeper plays of the week. Boom, baby. But moving on. Yeah, it was oh, big time. <laughs> that worked out. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that worked time. out big time. Let's move over, over to the running back position for these cash games. Who are you guys paying up for? Uh, we'll start with you, Chris. Uh, well, I'm, I'm going to pay up for Zeke. I'm going to pay up for Ezekiel Elliott. It, it wasn't a fantastic matchup against the Giants, but he still had a pretty decent day. And I'm just, I'm looking at, one thing I like to look at for running backs, and we've talked about this uh, numerous times, is 
especially for cash. I'm looking at touches. I'm looking at goal line opportunities. I'm looking at even targets. So for total touches last week for running backs, Ezekiel Elliott tied for first with Leonard Fournette, 29 total touches. He was second with 24 carries among running backs. And one thing that I saw Zeke do that I really didn't see from him last year, only two games with five targets last season and zero games with five catches. Well, he had five targets last week, and he caught all of them. So some big. reports That's in big. the offseason, yeah, was that this guy was going to be more involved in the passing game. And, and you know, Darren McFadden, he can catch. He was inactive in that game. Alfred Morris is not going to fill that role. He has shown it before early, early on in his career in Washington. He is not there to do that. So they don't have that third down back who's going to come in and catch some balls. Zeke is that guy. It looks like he's going to be that guy. And I look at the Broncos and I see uh, a, a lot of stats like, you know, receiving yards, receiving touchdowns, catches, all of that stuff was just non-existent. You couldn't do that against Denver last season. They owned wide receivers, and I think we'll see a heavy Zeke in this game. So I I really just want to pay up for Zeke. I think he's safe. I think that he'll get a lot of play. I think both of these teams actually will slow the pace down, and we'll see uh, a a heavy run game from both sides. Uh, I feel really comfortable playing up for Ezekiel Elliott this week. All right, Ben, who are you are you are you comfortable? Let's start with this just real quick. Ben, are you paying up for Elliot this week? I like that call a lot. I wrote him up as well. I mean, it's it's okay. just guaranteed volume. You know, people are going to look at the Broncos defense and be afraid, but they were not a very good run defense last year, and they really didn't bring any significant upgrades in to change that. So, I think that's a fine play. All right, the name I'm I'm going to go to myself because the name I want to bring up is He's known by the name of Beast Mode, and that is Marshawn Lynch. You're talking it's spectacular matchup. Gets to take on it's just an absolute pathetic team. They're they're so pathetic. I don't even know if I want to say their name. (laughs) That's how bad the Jets are these days. But I mean, at home, favored by nearly two touchdowns. I mean, who's going to be getting the rock? It's going to be some Marshawn Lynch action. I expect him to to reach pay dirt for the first time. Uh, in his career and at home I mean the the crowd is going to fuel Marshawn Lynch single-handedly so I think that he is a great player to to uh, build some lineups off of and, and he's not even that expensive comparatively to these other running backs uh, Ben who are who's a running back that you're targeting for a lot of your cash lineups yeah let me just throw out real quick I am guaranteeing a Marshawn Lynch touchdown oh, this oh there it's we coming. go look, look and this is some narrative street but if I you know I don't know if you guys have listened to Derek Carr talk about Marshawn Lynch in interviews but Derek Carr is an infectious dude he loves beast mode we know that the coach loves beast mode he did not score last week, and in a game where they're favored by 14, I just think it's a lock that they're going to make sure he gets in the end zone. Moving forward, I want to thank both of you for leaving the best play for me. Because You're welcome. Ty- yeah, no because Ty Montgomery, as we know, is the chalk, and in, and in cash, we don't care. I mean, how many reasons can we throw out to like him? The over-under is 54. Okay, Packers versus Falcons, going to be a ton of points scored in that game. He played on 90% of the snaps in week one. That was the fear. You know, how much is, you know, Jamal Williams and other backs going to be involved because time The answer is not. Exactly, exactly. And he was 90% snap share, even with getting hurt and missing some, some snaps. And you see he gets 23 total touches, plays with Aaron Rodgers, extreme upside. He performed very good, not very good, but he performed well in... Um, a game against Seattle who has a much better defense that he's going to see. And obviously, you know, we you, we already brought up Tariq Cohen. Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard combined for 179 total yards. And this is not a surprise because going back to last year, the Falcons were fifth worst in run DVOA and they bled PPR points to pass catching running backs. And of course, we know that not only is Ty Montgomery, you know, pretty much a full-time player at this point, and has guaranteed opportunity, but he's going to see that opportunity in both the rushing games and the passing games. He's an absolute stud. And because we're going to get into some more unique options in, you know, GPP tournament lineups moving forward, 
Let me just throw out there as well that yes, we talk all the time about getting low owned guys and, you know, playing cold players and all types of things like that to try to get leverage in tournaments. But that doesn't mean that's what you have to do 100% of the time, all the time. You have nine spots to fill. You can still put Ty Montgomery. That's the other thing. He's $5,800 on DraftKings. And I don't believe he's super, super expensive on FanDuel either. So you're going to save some salary on top of all those other reasons so you can still play him in tournaments because you still have eight other spots to either play guys that should be low owned or create some contrarian stacks just wrote that up for the gpp stacks article go check that out on the dfs pass yeah he's my gpp play too i love this guy ben he's 14th price in terms of running backs on dk and, and on FanDuel, he's 6500 as well and you you nailed it with the just they the falcons cannot stop anybody in the passing game when it comes to running backs. You talked about it. 25 receptions their last two games. How about 109 receptions to running backs last year, the most in the NFL? So this play is fantastic, and Pro Football Focus had him graded as the number one pass-blocking running back in week one. That is huge for him. That's why he had 74 snaps, and that is not good news for people who thought Jamal Williams would be a part of this backfield sooner rather than later. I think that's a fantastic play, Ben, and I think you can bring up a great point about just playing the quote-unquote chalk the the guy that's probably going to be owned a lot in tournaments it's okay to have one or two of those guys in your lineup if you feel that there's going to be a big time performance from them guess what we did you, last you, week we played zach Ertz in tournaments because yeah, he made he made was, a lot of sense I, I, I meant yes i meant to say this but he's he worked out and of course you don't want to go full exposure because if he doesn't work out then of course you're going to want if you're making multiple teams you're going to want a little bit exposure to some contrarian guys charles clay's things like that last year or last week but I bring this up to say that Ty Montgomery is the the uh, the Zach Ertz of this week. He's the guy that makes too much sense to fade, even in tournaments. All right, talking about a guy that makes sense, we're going to move over to the wide receiver position. Brandon Cooks, the story of a young man who gets to return home. He gets to go back to that fast field in New Orleans. The revenge game, if we're, if we're even going to go with that nonsense. However... Brandon Cooks, is there? Can you possibly leave this guy out of your cash lineup, Chris Meany? How are you feeling about Brandon Cooks? Temperature check. Oh, buddy, I'm feeling real good about Brandon Cooks. You got the fever? Yeah, I got. I feel. I man, it's so hard. And I put together a few lineups already. And it's really tough to leave this guy out. And I know he's high. Uh, he's his price is high, but it's it's warranted. And you saw what the Saints did last year. I mean, nobody's given up more yards, points than the Saints in the past three seasons. A lot has been made about that secondary. And then you saw them on Monday Night Football. They looked young. They looked inexperienced. Stephon gave, Diggs saw them as well. So, uh, yeah, and Thielen. They gave up 18 receptions to wide receivers in that game, which was the second most in week one. They gave up 278 yards to wide receivers. That was the most in that game. Danny Amendola hasn't practiced up until Thursday. He's dealing with the concussion and a knee injury. Uh, and Brady, obviously, there's that narrative that he's ticked off. He, he's not happy. You know, he was embarrassed again by the Chiefs. And again, the Saints defense, they just can't stop anybody. So there's some big-time players we'll get into later on that could put up some, some big performances in tournaments. But Cooks, you know... Maybe they weren't on the same page. Eight targets, he only caught three balls. But the fact that he only caught three balls and he was able to rack up 88 yards just shows that big-time potential that Brandon Cooks has. So, yeah, chalk it up to narrative. Chalk it up to, you know, back in New Orleans and Sean Payton and Brady and Owen 1. Uh, there's some guys that is that are missing in that wide receiver core, and it's Julian Edelman who had averaged nine targets per game over the last four years. He's not around. If there's no Amendola, uh, it like it's just more love for Brendan Cooks for me. All right, Ben, get in there. Yeah, I mean, let's talk about another wide receiver that just gets a cake matchup. And I think it's really easy. You know, we've had all off season, and now we had week one and, and it was like, whoa, this defense looks great. Maybe it's different. No, it's just a one game sample size. The Green Bay Packers secondary still is absolutely atrocious. And we didn't see that because the Seattle Seahawks offensive line is made up of five popsicle sticks. So <laughs> because Atlanta has a much better offensive line and they'll be playing at home, uh, you know, I think you guys maybe have heard of this guy named Julio Jones. He, if if you're paying, you know, up for any receiver in cash, it's got to be Julio. Matchup is absolutely amazing. Looked good last week. Went back and watched the film. He didn't get that many targets last week. But of course, you know, looking back two years ago, 
He had over 200 targets, which is just insane. He tied for 18th in targets last year despite missing two games. So not going to overreact in any way, shape, or form to a one-game sample, even with a new offensive coordinator. I think Julio Jones is in for a humongous year, and I think it starts this week in a great matchup with a huge over-under against an atrocious secondary. Play Julio Jones in cash, and don't think twice about it if you have the salary to do so. I want to bring up... Uh, a veteran, an old man strength, uh, card-carrying member, Larry Fitzgerald. Now I know. I get it. I, I understand as an Arizona, uh, born and raised in Arizona, Carson Palmer and the Arizona Cardinals looked terrible. They looked just awful. But you know who looked worse? The Indianapolis Colts who made Jared Goff look like an absolute superstar. Um, uh, this is one of those, I'm not overthinking it. I'm not overvaluing what happened in just one week. Larry Fitzgerald is an absolute target monster. David Johnson is gone from that offense. All of his rushing yards, all of his targets, they are gone now. And Larry Fitzgerald is absolutely one of the, the benefactors of that. I expect him to see nice and high volume. And, and on top of that, he, the Colts are just... Just an absolute mess. So I'm I'm looking to get Larry Fitzgerald plugged in, and and when you're talking about high level receivers, he's he's much cheaper. If you're trying to save a little bit of cash, only 6,500 on DraftKings and 6,600 on FanDuel. So I think that he is a nice you know medium price guy that that, that can shore up the the number two or that number three position for your wide receiver. We're gonna move over to to uh, tight ends. Zach, hey, guess what? Play Zach Ertz because, because he's really good. He's going to get a bunch of target from, targets from Carson Wentz. Chris Meany, are you still you, – are, are you chalking it up again with Zach Ertz? I am, and it, it may get repetitive. I may have to write about this guy every single week here, but he's, – He's the Bilal Powell of the tight end position for Chris Meany. Well, let's settle down here. Ertz is at least good. Ertz is at least good, and it's not just week one, and it's not just – top coverage on Alshon Jeffrey, which we saw, and I think all three of us predicted. Al, uh, you know, Josh Norman was going to be on Alshon Jeffrey. Maybe Nelson Aguilar got more targets than we thought. But this has gone on now for quite some time. For, you know, a second-year quarterback now and towards the end of the season, it was the last five games where Ertz averaged eight targets or he averaged ten targets, eight catches, and 80 yards. Well, what did he do in week one? Well, he had eight catches and 90 yards. And, and so that's carried over now into this season. This is the guy that Carson Wentz knows the most in the side, that offense. Alshon Jeffrey is new to him. Even Nelson Aguilar is new to him. I mean, he didn't do anything really last year. Torrey Smith is new. They got a new back in LeGarrette Blunt. There is a lot to like about Ertz, and I feel like we could see Marcus Peters again on Alshon Jeffrey this week, taking away from Alshon. So here we go again, another situation where this is, doesn't seem like a really good matchup and it isn't, it isn't a good matchup for the Eagles to go into KC against that defense. We saw what they did to Tom Brady, but let's keep things simple for Carson. Eric Wentz. Barry is gone. Eric as well. Barry. Exactly. I was going to go there too. Eric Barry did such a fantastic job on Gronk. And I would assume that if he was around, he would have all of his attention on Zach Ertz. That's the way uh, that KC should be attacking this. But for Ertz, man, it, it's, it's happened now for a long time. I'll, I'll, say it again like with no Jordan Matthews last year this guy averaged 15 targets per game there's no Jordan Matthews in that slot uh, it's Zach Ertz so he's just safe to me and I think his price has jumped up a little bit obviously we all agree that he was pretty pretty cheap for week one hard to get in there but still $5,300 on DraftKings and $6,100 on FanDuel and all you're looking for really from this position is opportunity it's opportunity it's short throws some targets some catches uh, you, there's not a lot of other tight ends that you could name that's going to get eight or nine targets. All right, we're, we're going to step over. Oh, I apologize. I was going to move us to defenses because I'm I'm very excited to talk about them. But but Ben, do you got another tight end cash play besides Ertz? Because I mean, hey, honestly, we're all going Ertz everywhere we possibly can. But give me give me another tight end for cash. Well, first off, I just want to throw out that I love, love, love the Larry Fitzgerald call. I mean, to me, he's a stone-cold lock in cash. No David Johnson. Oh, still of the century. Um, look, I think it's Is really – We're going that. You know John Brown. I think it – exactly, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good point. And, and before, even before John Brown might miss, which is another bump up for him, I think it's really easy to think of David Johnson as a running back and not really think about the targets. But David Johnson was pro football focus's number one rated receiver last year. The dude had six catches before he even got hurt in week one. 
one. You take those targets away, where are they going? Oh, they're going to Larry Fitzgerald in a phenomenal matchup. So I love that. Just had to get that out there. And let's throw out Jimmy Graham real quick because, um, you know, Gronk's a beast. But Very I disappointing. T- yeah. I re- Very disappointing last week. Yeah, yeah. But see, this is this is the whole aspect of DFS. And I know we're talking about cash. But we know that things change very quickly on a week-to-week basis. There's a lot of variance in football. What happened last week? And I'll go more into the detail in a little bit when we get into GPP plays. But what happened last week? They were on the road against a Packers front seven that was able to exploit the awful offensive line that Seattle has. Now they're at home. They have an easier matchup against the 49ers. The 49ers do not have nearly as good of a defense. They do not have nearly as good of an offense. That's all going to mean Seattle has more time of possession. And the other aspect to this is that Jimmy Graham is only $4,900 on DraftKings, $6,300 on FanDuel. That's only 9.8% of your salary and 10.5%. So that's the other aspect is he's in a better spot He's going to have a better game than he did last week, has a chance to catch a touchdown because we know Russell Wilson's going to play a lot better, and the salary on top of it makes him a, a fine play in cash. All right, just quickly to touch on on the defense special teams. For me, uh, until further notice, here's what you do. Who's playing the Jets? Who's playing the Browns? And who's playing the Colts? Because those are the three defenses that I am looking for uh, of course, I mean, there's there's other options you can look for, but why why overthink this particular part? So you got the Ravens, get, they get to take on the Browns. Uh, the Raiders get the Jets, and the Arizona Cardinals are going to take on the Colts. And we saw what the Rams defense did to this Colts team. Now maybe it's Jacoby Brissett at quarterback instead of Scott Tolzien, so maybe that's better. I'm going with not by much. So if if you're still interested in playing the Cardinals, I say – Absolutely go for it. We're going to jump into some GPP, some tournament plays. You down with GPP? All right. GPP, guaranteed prize pool. We need, This is what, like we said, you got to get some variance. You got to get some upside because you're not just competing with a small amount of players. You're, you're taking on a lot of people, so you need to have some things that differentiate you uh, yet still give you upside for fantasy points. So, Ben, GPP quarterback situation, who are you looking to plug in? Yeah, so it kind of just continues the discussion with Jimmy Graham because my GPP favorite quarterback is Russell Wilson, and this kind of goes twofold. We already touched on it. One, they had a bad game last week, so he was already probably going to be low-owned regardless. And two, of course, we know that there's four stud quarterbacks on the slate that are going to probably have pretty good games. However, we know that to try to win a tournament It's better to try to predict ownership than trying to beat out thousands of people and trying to predict what's going to happen on the field. And so in the event that Russell Wilson does outscore all four of those quarterbacks, he's also a little bit cheaper as well. You're going to be in a position at that point to potentially take down a GPP. And again, that's where we talk about process over results. This is a play that maybe it doesn't work out that way, but you know going in that it is a smart play because you're putting yourself in a good position. And again, we talked about it. The environment is totally changing. They're going home. They are playing a much worse real life NFL team, which matters because Brian Hoyer is not going to throw for over 300 yards against that defense like Aaron Rodgers did because Rodgers is the best in the world. So because that's not going to happen, that's going to give the Seahawks offense the ball a lot more, more time of possession, more opportunities to make plays, and the matchup is a good one. We know that the the line has already moved from 13 to 14 points per Vegas, which tells you that they're basically going to be able to do whatever they want to do on offense. We know the running game is still a question mark. We know Russell Wilson has a history of being a very, very good high upside fantasy quarterback. And he has a matchup against the 49ers defense that ranked fifth worst in past DVOA a year ago. And they also tied for 10th fewest sacks, which tells me that they're not going to be able to get as much pressure on Wilson, even with the off the terrible offensive line, because that hidden value that we probably should have discussed last week was that despite the Packers awful secondary, they were sixth. They had the sixth most sacks the year before. And we saw that rear its ugly head last week. So a lot to like. And when you throw on top of it, that he's probably going to be 
five to six percent owned because everybody's going to flock to those two games and those four quarterbacks, which is understandably so. But again, in tournaments, this is a play that puts you in position and it does make a lot of sense. I like that. Chris, before you jump in right yeah. here, I just wanted to point out a couple of things for Russell Wilson. Yes, I, I think this is a solid play. Russell Wilson is much better at home. His team was seven and one last year when at home, three and four on the road. You're talking a quarterback rating twenty points higher when he is at home. His completion percentage about five percent better when he's at home. He's just he like a lot of quarterbacks. He's better at home, but he is significantly better and at home. And I just wanted to touch on ownership real quick. Uh, part of now the ultimate DFS pass. We've got a buzz report. We're working with FanShare, and this FanShare is a company that they have this these really sophisticated algorithms that are out there checking social media, seeing how many times uh, a player is talked about, and then that gives you an actually fairly accurate uh, assessment of players that will see high ownership. And of the top 10 quarterbacks so far being mentioned, Russell Wilson is only ninth. So there there are a lot of quarterbacks who you would expect to see ownership percentages up there, especially in tournament plays. So I just wanted to talk about that. We have a, a really helpful tool for that on the DFS pass. Chris Meany, get in there, GPP time. Yeah, and just to further that, I mean, if you look at every winning lineup in the Millionaire Maker on DraftKings last year, all of them but two, the quarterback was under 10% owned. So, I, I mean, twice it was Kirk Cousins and he was <laughs> – over 10%. Crazy that it was him, but to, to your point, Ben, about low owned and what have you done for me lately? I mean, I'll go to I'll go to Carson Palmer, and I mean, everybody that was in on Carson Palmer last week against Detroit, maybe their defense is a little bit better than what we thought, but he didn't look good in that game. He did not. I mean, he made some bad throws, there were some picks, and now he's lost David Johnson, and now there's some reports out there, you know, maybe John Brown can't suit up in this game. Maybe that will affect it a little bit for me, but even still, J.J. Nelson, we can talk about a little bit later. We, you know, you you nailed it earlier, right? When you talked about Goff throwing 300 yards on this team, this Colts team is downright pathetic, and they're gonna be in for a rough season. They can't cover anybody. Larry Fitzgerald is gonna just have his way. Uh, so I think it's all about what have you done for me lately? And people are gonna shy away from Carson Palmer, and I like him. And there's one more guy I want to throw out there. Is just uh, and for Palmer too. Like I mean, he threw the ball 48 times, and part of that was game script. That but that nobody threw the ball more than him last week. I mean, how successful are they gonna be on the ground running? Uh, Colts did a Not. decent job against Gurley. I know you guys don't like Gurley all that. Much much but uh even still uh, you could say that they did a decent job on the ground game so this could be you're right not you're gonna have to throw the ball that's, probably yeah, that's the answer game. is not not uh but another guy because you're talking about splits and how russell wilson for whatever reason this guy just can't play against green bay for i mean the last five games averaged 200 yards and he has 10 picks it's a tough matchup I and mean, just going into lambo on itself but for splits nobody has like just crazier splits than ben Roethlisberger, this guy in his splits, it's unbelievable. Again, in Cleveland, he kind of laid an egg there, was out of sync with everybody besides Antonio Brown. And I just looked at that 2014 season. I'll talk about a different wide receiver in a little bit in that season, but career high, 32 touchdowns, 4,900 yards. I know the Vikings are no... They're pretty good defense. Xavier Rhodes is a, is a supreme talent. They got some guys on that side that can play. But I think people spending up on these four quarterbacks uh, right up at the top in price point, they all have terrific matchups. I think there's something to be said of just spending down a little bit and trying to get another quarterback with some upside and certainly in a GPP that uh, if you're going into a huge contest like the Millionaire Maker, uh, one of these guys can be the difference in, in winning the week. I'm going to move it over to the running back conversation. The guy that I want to bring to the table here, Mike Gillisley. Yes, let's go. And what's what's interesting about Mike Gillisley is he is exactly who we thought he was going to be over the offseason. He said, okay, this guy's going to replace LeGarrette Blunt. He comes out. He's wildly successful at that role, three rushing touchdowns. And then everyone over in the redraft world is like, Hey, I I need to sell Mike Gillisley. What are you What are you doing? Thank you, thank he, you, Mike. He is exactly who you thought he was. Fifteen carries. I mean, get out of here with that nonsense. If you're over in redraft, do not trade Mike Gillisley. And if you're going to play some DFS, if you're going to play at play draft or DraftKings or FanDuel, 
get Mike Gillisley in there. There's going to be a bunch of points scored. Uh, all you know, all it takes is Brandon Cooks. Oh, we, we like Brandon Cooks, right? Yeah. Well, if uh, you know that he's going to streak down the field, and there's going to be pi called. There will be pass interferences called in this game, and Gilly is destined to get another freebie, uh, at least one. So I just, I think that it would be a crime he's on if pace he didn't for even consider Gilly. Forty-eight touchdowns, bud. Yeah, <laughs> and he's at least getting forty. <laughs> at least forty. <laughs> yeah, Let's I can't go. believe somebody would want to sell him either. And that's my one concern about playing Brady. And I know like he's going to be able to put some points. Is that when they get down there, it looks like Gillisley could steal some touchdowns. What he stole three from him last week. You know, a couple of years ago, that was going to Gronk. One of those throws was going to Gronk. Uh, Gillisley is certainly going to fall into the end zone uh, numerous times this season. And he's a monster. I mean, on that third touchdown where he carried at least 12 guys into the end zone with him. I mean, this is, this is not LeGarrette Blunt. Mike Gillisley is a great, great running back. Uh, so th- that's the name I wanted to bring to the table. Ben, who, who do you got for a GPP Oh, no, I back? want to continue to harp on Gillisley real quick, too. <laughs> Listen. The, all Gilly all the time. All Gilly all here. the time. And I wrote this in the DFS pass. It feels really weird to be recommending a guy that just scored three touchdowns in tournaments because, of course, we're talking about not really wanting to play those guys that just had a great game, especially if the usage is a little bit questionable. But again, you touched on it, Mike. Nobody believes. And here's the thing. I believe. You believe. And that's what you want to do in tournaments is play those guys that you believe in that nobody else does because if they hit – Listen, of course we're playing to win money, but we're also playing to brag about this lineup that you put together (laughs) for the rest of your life to your friends and family. And that's exactly what this play is. A high over under. You guys already touched on it. Yes, he is a part-time player with James White. James White makes sense too. However, get this nonsense out of your head about how I don't know who, what to do, who to predict. Because like you said, Mike, we knew going in that it made sense for Gillisley to be the, you know, the blunt role. Because if you went back and watched him play, which I did every single one of his carries and touches last year. The dude is a freaking monster. Everybody wants to touch on, oh, well, he got stuffed on fourth and inches twice, so he's not good. Um, Excuse me, they had 11 guys in the box. If you go watch all of his rushing touchdowns, like you said, he bowls over people. He did that consistently last year. Bill Belichick knows it. That's why he had that role. Five carries inside the five in week one led the NFL per Scott Barrett. His role is locked in, and we know the Patriots are probably going to score five touchdowns in this game. So you mean to tell me that Gillisley is not getting one and doesn't have a chance to get multiple again? Yeah, he's only getting 40 this year. That's not that many guys, but he has a chance <laughs> in an amazing matchup. We just saw Dalvin Cook roast this defense. Nick Fairley's on IR with a heart issue, which sucks for the Saints, but it happens over and over. This defense is trash. The Patriots are going to come back and, and just absolutely go nuts at, while everybody's thinking about the Patriots not being that good in week one. And the other hidden gem is Gillisley had 15 carries in a game that the Patriots lost. They're not losing this game. Vegas agrees they're going to win. And that means even potentially more carries for Gillisley. Yes, not a bunch of PPR value, but touchdown upside. He has the role in the offense where you want that role. And yet people don't want to appreciate that. And it blows my mind, which means he's probably going to be low owned. Play him in tournaments. I need I need a uh, I need to go jump in the swimming pool because I am absolutely just dripping with sweat from the fire the fiery passion for Mike Gillisley Ben so I'm gonna jump <laughs> jump over to Chris who cool me down here with a just relax the spirits let's get another GPP pick yeah I'll cool, running back I'll cool you down with uh, Alvin Kamara I mean not not as hot as on pace for 48 touchdowns <laughs> but uh, one thing that I did notice and I agree with you guys about Gillisley obviously um, I, I think he's he's I, he could get 18 again and that's what when I say again that's what Garrett Blunt got last year red zone Brushing attempts, number one in the NFL. Uh, but over to Kamara, and I just I just noticed this game, and you know we've talked about the total 56, and we talked about the Patriots laying the smackdown on the Saints and just them having to play catch-up. And one thing I noticed in that week one game Monday night was just Alvin Kamara out-snapped Mark Ingram and Adrian Peterson. He had more carries than them, and he was targeted more. And that says a lot for 
a, a rookie running back to come into this offense and be that involved. And really, Adrian Peterson only playing nine snaps in in that football game. Uh, in his revenge in game, his, too. Yeah, and I mean, what? He he came in and he, <laughs> ran, he ran nine yards and then they left him in. He got that other yard. So then he basically didn't touch the field at all, like the rest of the way. So uh, 26 snaps for Ingram in that game and Kamara 31 snaps. He had six targets, four grabs. He is going to be a part of this offense. No Willie Sneed again. Brandon Cooks is obviously gone. He's going to be playing on the other side. They're probably going to have to play catch up because they can't stop anybody. So I think at Kamara, at his price at $4,700 on FanDuel and $3,500 on DraftKings, he could be that Tariq Cohen guy. I mean, Cohen led his team in targets, in receptions, in receiving yards. He's a running back. I look at Kamara and I see that Sproles that they had and they lost and they were trying to find it with with Thomas and, and other guys. But this is somebody that's going to be involved in this offense and he's just too cheap for me to pass up and it allows you to spend up on other guys that we've talked about, those big quarterbacks or Julio Jones or Ezekiel Elliott. So uh, Kamara is, is somebody that I like at his price point. Who did Sean Payton compare I like him Kamara a lot to too. in the offseason? Do you remember? It may have been Darren Sproles. No, it was somebody better than Darren Sproles. I forget who it oh. is, but it was an insane oh. comparison. <laughs> cool story, Ben. No. <laughs> yes. Listen, people know what I'm talking about. Listen, he compared No, we he, don't. he compared him to somebody huge. <laughs> they traded up to get him on top of that. Yes. So he's been talking positively about this guy in the offseason after they traded up for him, gave up a pick to get him, and then I just wanted to jump in to add to Chris's point because when you see, when you're watching that game on Monday night and see the usage that was very shocking. I mean, listen, I wasn't super into the Adrian Peterson revenge game narrative, but he hardly played. Mark Ingram was the guy that I think we all thought was probably going to play more snaps and Kamara was all over the field. And so just throw that onto the, onto, you know, onto the fact that this has a huge, huge over under for good reason, going to be a ton of points scored. And that is a very sneaky, sneaky option. A la Cohen last week. I like it, Chris. And just, sorry, Mike, just to go, Back to, you know, you, I'd like to know who that guy is. It's not Sproles. Looking for it. Uh, uh, that Peyton liked. But just to go back to those seasons of Sproles with the Saints. I mean, in 2011, 111 targets, 86 receptions, 710 receiving yards, seven touchdowns. Then all he did in 2012, 100-plus targets, 75 grabs, seven receiving touchdowns. So this guy, I think, is going to fill that role. This is this new Sproles for Sean Payton, and we already know he doesn't like Mark Ingram. Like, he does not like July, Ingram at all. His usage should not confuse you. I, I mean, it, it a little bit because it's a rookie in his first game, but they drafted him in the third round, just filling in the blanks here for Ben. They drafted him in the third round. That's high for a running back these days and they gave up a second round pick so they spent a third a second and a seventh to draft Alvin Kamara so you're darn tootin that that they're gonna use him uh let's move real quick real quick July 30th Saints coach Sean Payton said he sees similarities between third round pick Alvin Kamara and Marshall Falk now apparently oh oh, there you go the comparison himself but he still agreed and started talking about similarities so that's pretty hot. On top of the fact that you spend all those picks when you have no defense, that means he likes this guy. <laughs> I'm going to throw out also Jaquiz Rogers. Uh, what's nice about yes. Kamara is he's he's cheap. Jaquiz actually costs a bit more, but uh, we've seen the usage when Jaquiz is the main running back for the team and Doug Martin is out. He, we know he's fresh because he hasn't played at all. Uh, so I think that those are those are some very solid GPP running backs to pick up let's move it over to the wide receiver position all right chris media i'm going to give you the floor because you alluded to this player earlier take it away yeah it's it's martavis bryant you're darn right it's martavis bryant (laughs) yeah i mean for everybody too like who if you played bryant last last week and he got you what two points like how ticked are you i get all kinds of questions that people like don't even want to have bryant on their team well martavis i look at that 2014 season i already talked about big ben but the splits and he played 11 games in that season he played six at home and he played five on the road, and this is his numbers on the road. 17 catches, 
169 receiving yards, 9.9 yards per catch, and one touchdown. Here are his numbers at home. 596 yards on 33 grabs, 18.1 yards per catch, and five touchdowns. This guy is a beast. He actually is a stud. He's almost has a touchdown per game in his career. That's the postseason as well. I talked about it last week. So uh, I think with... Xavier Rhodes on trying to do whatever he can, and I say trying to do whatever he can to stop Antonio Brown. This is the time for Martavis Bryant uh, and just to take some shots downfield for Lev Bell. So his price has actually dropped a little bit. Uh, I'm in on Martavis Bryant. I like his price point, and I, I think we'll finally see. It, that's the thing, right? When you're Ben, I know you know this, and you've talked about it numerous times. Those boomer bust players. I mean, we saw it last week. Bust. And this is an opportunity for him to boom, and he just has that upside. That yards per catch career mark of 17 is is what I look for. Well, on top of the the 15 pounds of just new sculpted muscle that Martavis Bryant has put on over the offseason, there was a pretty thick layer of rust. I mean, the guy hasn't played football in, in quite some time, so I I wanted more. I would I expected more out of him against the Browns, but. He, he, the entire Steelers offense was clear, clearly working out some issues because Le'Veon Bell, everyone's stud, was an absolute patootie fest and ruined uh, <laughs> ruined some teams. Ben, give me a wide receiver for your GPP line. Yeah, similar to Chris's thought process, I'm talking about another guy that had a, a huge stinker in week one, and it was on Thursday, so it was a little bit longer, so people kind of forget about it. But it's Chris Hogan. This is my GPP cover boy for the DFS Pass article. Absolutely love him. He's my favorite tournament play of the week. And I'm, I already have people in my mentions, you know, concerned that he's going to be a chalk play. Guys, I'm telling you, he had one catch last week. There's a ton of other wide receiver options available. And we know that everybody is a sucker for the revenge game. It's already been brought up. So people are going to lean Cooks. People are going to lean other receivers that had more production last week. Hogan is not going to be a guy that's that high owned. But there are. Well, I don't want to douse you in too much water here, Ben. But on our fan share buzz Uh-oh. report, he's number two tagged wide receiver. People are talking about okay, him. Okay. Okay. Well, and I. I still don't hate it. I think he's absolutely worth the GPP. Exactly. I think that when it comes time, like, and this is another one where people can talk about him, but when it comes time to enter those lineups, this could be a guy that, oh, I like, but uh, I can't, like, when we're talking about tournament plays, they'll get fearful when it comes time to actually hitting submit because he really didn't do anything last week. Now, again, Amendola probably missing, that could be what kind of unlocks his you know, ownership and makes it a little bit higher because everybody's on that. But in the Twitter universe where you know, we think that that's everybody that plays DFS, that's not the case. And so there are still going to be people that are not as in tune to Amendola missing and that just aren't going to be, even though a lot of people are talking about it. So maybe a little bit higher owned than I think. But again, regardless, like you said, a lot of reasons to like it. Only one catch, but he finished 14th in air yards out of all wide receivers, out of all pass catchers in week one, which air yards essentially is just a number of yards thrown toward a receiver on their targets, both complete and incomplete. And it gives us a bigger picture of who's being targeted downfield, because if they don't catch those deep passes one week, it gives us information to say, okay, well, if that's the usage, if they do catch a deep target the next week, they can be huge. And obviously he gets the Saints. We saw what Adam Thielen just did to them. They gave up. The Saints did eight passes of 20-plus yards in week one, the most in the league. Shouldn't be surprising. We've already ragged on the Saints' defense, ranked third worst in pass DVOA, gave up the most passing yards in the league last year. They're without cornerback Delvin Bro, who's out with the broken leg, I believe it is. And he's, and again, high over under. Um, and again, with Amendola missing, Hogan could be that combo deal of where he's playing some slot and getting those PPR catches, but that doesn't mean that they're not going to run him deep on some routes too. So he could have a combo of some big plays on top of some, you know, easier catches that start to rack up the points as well. Love Hogan. The ownership might be, I may be underthought it a little bit, but I still love him as a GPP play and I'm still running him out there. Player I wanted to talk about was a sensational uh, opening performance that really we were not expecting this. Uh, at least I, I personally was not. Corey Davis, I know he was a top pick in the draft, but he came out 10 targets, six receptions for 69 yards. I mean, he's going to be involved, and he could quickly 
establish himself as the number one on that offense. I mean, I loved Decker last week, and Ben loved Rashard Matthews. And meanwhile, Corey Davis is over here going, "Hey guys, don't <laughs> don't forget about me." I, I trashed uh, him it, in my analysis it, too. I, I mean, he has the he has the talent to be to easily be the number one guy on that team, but you know, just injuries over the off season hadn't seen it yet. So just want a tip of the cap, and I think that he is a a solid low price option to to fill out your your lineups. I've had I was building quite a few lineups uh, for this the DFS battle royale that we have, and Corey Davis was finding himself uh, plugged into those quite frequently. Uh, moving over to the tight end position, guys, are we really going in on Martellus Bennett again? I, mean, oh, yeah. I know that I know the I know the Vegas Vegas says there's a lot of points coming in here. Ben, all right, talk me into Martellus. I mean, Bennett. why not? I mean, it's it's <laughs> it's it's a trick. You can't actually talk me into Martellus Bennett. No, no, but go but, ahead. But and your try. thought process is exactly why he falls onto this list because he is a piece in one of the highest over unders of the entire week. The over unders for Green Bay, Atlanta, and obviously New England and New Orleans are higher than there were than any over under from last week. Okay, Vegas is telling us there's going to be a lot of points. Yes, that we got a couple wrong, and it's not always going to be 100 accurate with Green Bay, Seattle. But when you kind of go back and look at it, kind of makes a little bit of sense. But New England, who just, uh, excuse me, Green Bay, whose defense isn't very good, on top of the fact that Aaron Rodgers is going to put up points, we know it. There's going to be a ton of points scored in this game. He gives he gives you contrarian, low ownership percentage exposure to Rodgers. It was the similar thought process last week. He only had, I believe it was like three for 40 or something like that. So, okay, that's not terrible, but it's not good either. But that's going to cause people to not want to play him. And it's a similar situation if he catches a touchdown, if he has a couple big catches in a game where going to be a ton of points scored, he is a GPP play. And he makes sense because, again, of the offense that he plays in and the game that he plays in. I'm going to throw out Jared Cook. Oh. I mean, this guy really surprised me. This could be another product of, uh, I mean, talk about fool me once, fool me twice players. Jared Cook in week one. This is what he does. But he's on a great offense. He was utilized far more than I was expecting. And, and I think that he is a nice, cheap option. I mean, you, you saw Austin Hooper, who is a fine play in himself, of course, rattled off that huge game of two receptions. But it required that that two monster plays. Meanwhile, Jared Cook's over here just being a, you know, just a PPR machine. Uh, so I, I think that he is a fantastic Option, Meany, do you got a tight end who you are in love with right now? Well, I thought you were teaming me up for Cook because that is what I, I was. Like. I mean, and in- then I stole him right out from under stole you. Stole him right out. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'll just further to Cook a little bit, and then I'll go. Uh, I'll go over to somebody else. I don't want to give away all the plays here in the DFS pass, but I, I also wanted to mention about Corey Davis too, about how I think. He's just kind of matchup proof, and I think Matthews and Decker will be those guys that you can't really trust in cash. Uh, but Davis could become that guy. Keep an eye on AJ Boye, and also uh, you know Ben will be keeping an eye on the injury report inside this pass. Is is he hasn't been practicing now? He'll probably play because with an illness. But Jalen Ramsey is dealing with an ankle thing, so that you can just love Corey Davis even more, Boom. Mike. But for Cook. Uh, the New York Jets allowed 10 touchdowns at tight ends last season, the third most in the NFL. They already allowed one in their first game this season. The secret's out that the Jets can't really cover anybody, and they can't guard tight ends. The Bills targeted their tight ends in that game 11 times. Nobody targeted the position more than the Bills did that week. So tight ends is where they wanted to attack the Jets. And I feel like for Cook, you talked about a week one, he caught all five of his targets, 56 yards. I think this is a trend that will continue with the Jets. And I will just throw because of the bills, they targeted all those guys is Charles Clay. Uh, this guy's got five touchdowns now in his last five football games. He's found the end zone uh, again last week, nine targets in week one. He was part of those 11 targets that the bills uh, dished out to the tight ends, a total of thir- 39 targets. That's what Clay has over his last five games, 39, that's 7.8 targets per game. And he also has 50 plus yards in four of those games. So uh, I'm feeling clay. I'm feeling cook. And I never thought I would ever say that about, I like the cook call too. And real quick to piggyback on the Charles clay one matchup doesn't sound great against Carolina, but uh, the Panthers actually allowed the second most fantasy points to tight ends last year. Whoo. That is a fascinating statistic. All right, fellas. I hope you got those lineups ready because I, I, I need to redeem myself. After Eric Decker really let me down. Uh, But, of course, before we jump into that, we're going to talk our favorite stacks of the week. 
Stack attack. All right, I'm going to kick it off because mine is very, very sneaky. I'm going very contrarian here with my a stack that I am loving this week. You're talking a stack that will only cost you 20.2% of your DraftKings budget or 217 of your FanDuel budget. That is Trevor Simeon and Emmanuel Sanders. I am not buying in to what the Dallas Cowboys did against the New York Giants. I'm not buying in to that secondary. I'm not what I'm buying in is that the Giants offense is pretty much trash if Odell Beckham is off the field. That's what I took away from that game. Meanwhile, Trevor Simeon's out there in prime time balling out, just absolutely balling out and putting up great fantasy points. I know that Sanders wasn't really a huge part of that and uh but I think that he can get things back on track. Sanders is just an absolutely electric, an electric player. I like D. Thomas as well, but of course, Demarius Thomas costs a little bit more. So I'm, I'm pulling it way back. I'm going ultra contrarian with this. I'm going Simeon Sanders. Ben Cummins, what is your favorite stack of the week? Sanders price on DraftKings fifty two makes no sense. Hundred dollars. No, and to your point, when half the world was sleeping, Sanders just had an overthrow touchdown by Simeon right out of his fingertips, and then just barely didn't get his second foot down on a second would be touchdown. So love that you're speaking to me, Broncos fan. Really what? was a touchdown though. If yeah, you were watching I the game, thought so too. It was close, but uh, no. And I don't need to speak too much because I already touched on Graham, and then I turned it into to, to Russell Wilson. But my favorite stack is Russell Wilson and Doug Baldwin because obviously we know. Baldwin has been a top 10 PPR wide receiver two years in a row. He just burned everybody last week. And, you know, even if he did burn you, this is where you have to try to get those emotions out of it because you know that some people are going to say, I'm not doing it because he just cost me last week. But now going home, already touched on it, great matchup. And this is how you unlock if Russell Wilson's, you know, upside does hit and he does finish as the overall quarterback one this week which he has in his range of outcomes this is how you unlock that stack because Doug Baldwin we know is his boy he's super efficient caught every single one of his targets last week despite not having a big game the offense is going to look a lot better if Wilson throws two or three touchdowns to Doug Baldwin which again we have seen multiple times over the last two years while everybody else has exposure to Breeze, Brady, Rodgers, and Matt Ryan, you're going to start climbing the leaderboard really quickly, and it could be a very fun day for you. And for Baldwin, I mean, what, 21 touchdowns now, twenty last 27 games. So I, I like that. And, Mike, I love the Broncos stack, actually, when yes. I saw that um, you were into them. Yeah, because <laughs> – I'm in the weeds, man, but I'm, well, I'm going for it. You have to be in the weeds to win a GPP, man. Yeah, absolutely. And and for Trevor Simeon, he looked impressive in that game. If you look at the box score and you see the numbers, you're like, it wasn't all that. He wasn't that great, but he he made some great decisions. He moved around a little bit. Uh, he eluded Joey Bosa. It's hard to do. And for Dallas's defense and losing Orlando Skandrick with yes. a broken hand. Yeah, this defense is not that good. It, it, it looked good because the line in, in New York and with Odo Beckham Jr., the Giants looked like a mess. But uh, So I love that stack. But I'll have to go to, to one I talked about earlier, and it's, it's Carson Palmer. And I'm going back to him. I'm going back to Larry Fitzgerald. Almost 300 targets the past couple of years, 13 in that first game, and no David Johnson. Where are these throws going to go to? And I really liked the th- – the, almost the mega stack kind of uh, and getting in Brown in there. I, think I don't want to play any of those backs because I don't think that they're going to be any good. But uh, if John Brown doesn't play in this game, JJ Nelson, I mean, he caught a touchdown in that game as well. So I, I have actually have no problem rolling out a couple Cardinal wide receivers and Fitz and JJ Nelson and Palmer because Jared Goff, as we talked about 300 yards passing and you know, a lot of people called me crazy for, for rolling out those Rams they last did. week, guys. I, I was amongst them. And it was he paid off. You killed that one, Manny. <laughs> it was more so the Colts, guys. It was more so. Am I going back to them now? I'm not. Yeah. It, it was more so this Colts defense and just the problems that they have. And Vontae Davis being gone and sidelines. So uh, I, I think Arizona's or 
rather Indianapolis is going to have issues moving the ball. And I feel like Arizona and Palmer are going to want to get their offense going here and getting sync. And again, 48 passing attempts last week for Palmer. Nobody threw the ball more than him. So I'm going with that. And it's fairly cheap. I mean, 6K for Palmer on DK, $6,500. Fitzgerald is always grossly underpriced for, for whatever reason. Uh, and I just feel like every week he's one of the safest guys in football. All right. We're going to go into the mono V mono V mono. The DFS Battle Royale. DFS Battle Royale. All right, Ben. I'm going to let you jump into your uh, your your head-to-head-to-head lineup real quick. And and this is we're going to be playing on DraftKings, so we're talking PPR scoring. No kickers because kickers are the worst. So, Ben, start yeah, us And real quick, I would be doing myself a disservice if I didn't gloat just a little bit. You, you, oh, you, the two toot is always recommended it. on this you program. It earlier, and I figured uh, I'll just wait till we get to this point. Uh, crunch the numbers on the head to head to head last week. I did finish in first, and uh, Mike, you were, uh, you were, uh, you know, you were the caboose. You, you pulled up the rear. So I don't know what the punishment is, but I don't want to get too. Um, your two toot is no, is going to be cut from the show. <laughs> I don't make too much fun of you because I know there's going to be a week where I'm in that position. So we'll figure that out. Anyways, uh, Philip Rivers, DraftKings, fifty eight hundred bucks, way too cheap. I want to go with this play because it's going to free up money to get me other players. Ty Montgomery, you know, again, Ertz of this week. Uh, give me Marshawn Lynch. I guarantee a touchdown, guys. I got to play him. I am stacking Rivers with Keenan Allen. He look, people said that he, you know, his target pace couldn't keep up and he comes back in his first game back. Hopefully he stays healthy, sees 10 targets. Rivers just loves this dude and their games mesh so well. So give me that stack. I already said Larry Fitzgerald, stone cold lock and cash. So I'm playing him. I have to play my boy, Chris Hogan, get my cover boy on the GPP article in here for a little bit of upside. I'm going with Gronk on top of that. I like I like the Brady Hogan Gronk stack, but because Brady costs more money, I can't really afford it. So I'm going to sneak in the Allen Rivers and kind of the Brady Hogan Gronk stack just without Brady. I got to throw Jaquiz Rogers in the flex. Love that, you know, we brought him up on this podcast because his price on DraftKings is so cheap. He's 4,400. Guys, this is why you need to get the DFS pass and check out the value report because he's a lot cheaper on DraftKings than he is on FanDuel, and he's a better play on DraftKings because of you know his pass-catching ability and things like that and it being full PPR. So I got him in the flex, and I'm going to actually stack him as well and play the Bucks defense at home against a Bears offense that has Tariq Cohen Ooh. and uh, about crickets after that. <laughs> nobody likes jordan howard anymore all right chris you can go you can go before i me love the rogers play it down. uh rogers is in a bulk of my lineups but he's not in this okay. one okay so i'll start with uh i start with matt ryan at the quarterback position again i already talked about that game he had nfc championship game at home i'll go with ty montgomery <laughs> you said it's it's it is a chalk play but i cannot avoid playing this guy at this the price, price is point. too good yeah, it really is i'm paying up for zeke at 7-8 against that Denver defense. At the wide receiver position, I got Tyree Kill. I don't think there's going to be anybody that can stop him in that Eagles secondary. With Ronald Darby now out, I think he's going to have a big game. Brendan Cooks, who I already talked about. And guys, I do have a jet in my lineup. That's right. And it's not Bilal Powell. Whoa, what? main curse. What? main curse. This guy had nine targets last week. Oh, yeah, I know. It's crazy to put him in in this cat. And it's, it's, I'm feeling it all right with you guys. I would not play this guy in cash. I want to throw that out there. In some GPPs, absolutely. Uh, he's $3,900. He spent like a day with this Jets offense. He had nine targets, seven grabs, and 59 yards. This team is going to be down. They're going to want to pass. And I'm a little skeptical of my boy, Bilal Powell, uh, even though I think it'd be all right. So I'm going cursed in that spot. It allows me to pay up for some other guys. We talked about Cook, Jared Cook. Yeah, I'm playing him in this head-to-head-to-head. $3,300. I think he'll find the end zone. Alvin Kamara is in my flex spot. I talked about him. Uh, and I'm going with the Ravens defense. Top 10 against the run and the pass. All right. I'm jumping in, in here to shut it down. <laughs> closing out the show. Uh, you know I got that Trevor Simeon, Emmanuel Love Sanders it. stack in this lineup. And here's what you can do. Because I have saved so much of that quiche going with this stack. I actually have Ben's running backs. So I got Marshawn and Montgomery, but here's the heavy hitters. Antonio Brown and Brandon Cooks are in this lineup. It is delightful. 
My upside is spewing out the top. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, of course, who I referenced. I'm going Kobe Fleener. Kobe, top five tight end is Jason from the Fantasy Footballers calls him. I'm just I'm getting a little bit more exposure to that high over under. Here's the flex, guys, because we haven't even mentioned this guy's name on the program yet, and I think he's real sneaky this week. Allen Hearns. Oh, I thought about that. I okay. like that. He's cheap. Blake, he's cheap. Blake Bortles stinks. That's fine. But Allen Hearns, ultra cheap. And Blake Bortles, for whatever reason, the his juices get flowing whenever he is taking on the Tennessee Titans. So I, I am pivoting away from Lee. I'm going with Hearns because I know that the big plays exist. I've already seen him. So he's my flex. He's my my secret stash of the week here. The the unmentionables when you have to plug them into your lineup. And then, of course, uh, my defense. I'm going to go with the Raiders because the Jets stink. All right. Closing out the show. Thank you so much to my co-host, Ben Cummins. Uh, hit him with your Twitter handle real quick, Ben. Just Ben Cummins FF. Really, really unique. Really unique. Chris Meany, how is your Twitter handle unique? Just at Chris Meany. That's that's the name. Eeny meeny miny mo <laughs> at Chris Meany. I did. I enjoyed that <laughs> very much. And I am Mike, the fantasy hitman right. Thank you so much for tuning in. Good luck out there. Crush it. If you want some more content, you head over to the ultimate DFS pass, which that URL is not unique either. UltimateDFSPass.com. It's got everything you need. Uh, reminders, just all these picks we've been talking about uh, during this program. So that's the end of the show. We will see you next week. I hope you all kill it. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.